0: Real life is stranger than fiction.
1: This is a reality trip with Ben Fama Jr. Hello everybody, thank you for joining us today. My name is Ben Fama Jr. This is reality trip and I got today my wife Mesa. Hello.
0: Hello. How
1: are you doing? Oh,
0: you know. All right. I don't know. I'm doing good. I'm doing really good.
1: Okay, cool. Awesome. So check it out. Um, there's this new movie that came out that talks about something that I think is really cool in psychology. It's a new movie called the experimenter and we haven't actually seen the movie yet. Okay. But we know what the experiment is actually about. And it's actually about the Milgram experiment that was done. And I think in the 1950s or 60s, somewhere around that time. Um, And I really want to see this movie because it's a really exciting experiment. Now for those people that don't know about the Milgram's experiment and why we're talking about this, this is basically a show about, the obedience to authority Mm -hmm. and I do not like authority at all. Most of the time (laughs) I, I, I do not like like people of authority. I don't like, I understand there's an importance to authority, but I digress. Um, the Milgram's experiment was actually a very interesting experiment done by Stanley Milgram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was actually done to show like what they were trying to figure out was why do people follow, Authority figures, even if it's against their own conscious will to do so, in the sense that it came from the um, an experiment that was done to find out why so many people followed Hitler blindly into the Nazis and did all the stuff in World War II, and they wanted to mm-hmm. see was that just because they were brainwashed, was it because like you know something psychologically was wrong, or would the would a normal average person follow an authority figure? Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they did this experiment where they had this test subject sit down. And they had a um, a scientist next to him or someone who appeared to be a scientist with a white robe next to him. And the 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 test subject basically was to sit down and ask somebody in another room that they could not see, they couldn't see this person, they could only hear him, mm-hmm. and ask him questions. And if the person got the answers wrong, there was a device that was in front of them that would shock them okay? And it went from very low levels of shock to, and it would get higher and higher and higher the more they would either get the answer wrong or didn't do it correctly or whatever. So. Um,
0: to the point of death. Like it went from small shocks all the way to the highest shock would kill the other person in the room. Yes. There was. Okay.
1: Well, I know it was definitely very high shocks that was, that was done. It
0: was the death blow. And
1: basically, so they would, they would ask the person the question and this test subject would basically keep shocking him and they would want to see how far they would actually go. Mm -hmm. Like, would they go? past the point of they w- what they would normally do. Now, what people didn't know about the experiment was that the person on the other side of the experiment that they were shocking was not real. The person wasn't getting shocked. In fact, that guy was an actor on the other side. But that person being tested didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And what they showed in the study was is that people would get to a certain point and even though they would feel uncomfortable about it, they would actually continue with the experiment as long as the the authority figure told them to continue on with the experiment, a good percentage of them do. And I know there's some debate about this too. I've actually heard that it's not as cut and dry as people think it is with the, well,
0: it's not anymore because it's been replicated so many times. The problem being now is that so many people are aware of it, that it clouds the actual, um, I don't want to say judgment. Yeah. It clouds the test now because people are kind of wise to it. Um, but originally, people didn't know. They thought they were just going in and doing this experiment. And every time they would hit a certain point, they would stop and ask the, you know, experimenter in the room or the, you know, the, the person of authority in the room with them. And they would say, well, I don't really feel comfortable going past this point and administering this shock. And the, and the person would just say, no, please proceed you must do this this is this is what they they are aware you must do this and the people would just kind of blindly obey not all but most but a majority of yeah, them would the and even
1: though they knew that they didn't want to go farther as long as somebody of an authority above them mm-hmm. told them to continue going they would continue they would do it. to do yeah. it and The reason why I always find that this is a very interesting experiment is because I think that in social structures of society, when we have ideology that controls a society, that people will finally, uh, I'm sorry, uh, they would blindly follow the group think mentality Mm -hmm. in order to, even if it's against their own will.
0: But not even that. It's also when there's a person, even within the group, like, that's why cult leaders will rise and have, you know, such blind obedience. It, it always comes from there's like one person of authority that right. that people have to, to have the focal point on.
1: Right. And that, that's what I was that's what I was wanting to talk about I was basically saying that, like, whether it's a cult figure, a religious leader, a mm-hmm. dictator or somebody of any type of ideology, I guess it could be corporations, too. We saw that with. um um, Enron, you know, there's a really great documentary out there by Alex Gibney called Enron: Smartest Guys of the Room, which actually they wanted to know the same thing. Why would so many people f- blindly follow these people down, you know, basically off the side of this cliff, you know? And the reality is, is that any one of us are guilty or or could be prone to being caught in a groupthink mentality where we just blindly follow people, and we d- we're not aware of how easily we're persuaded in in a situational you know, situational group thinks where the group outthinks the individual person. I think a lot of us has been in situations, whether it's at work, whether it's with family, whether it's around friends, where even peer pressure, I'm sure some people can remember being in high school where the group wanted you to do something or this authority figure that was, you know, a perceived authority figure wanted you to do something and you went against your will and did it. So we're all capable of actually doing it. Um, but the question is why? Why would we go against our own well-being, our own knowing of right or wrong in order to follow an authority figure?
0: I think that because it's almost like we're giving that other person um, the, uh, how do I want to say it? We're giving the other person the authority basically over us. So it's kind of like taking the pressure off of ourselves. If we say, well, this person over here told me to do it. So that must mean that it's somewhat okay, right? You know, that's kind of how the when I think of it that in that way I see it as, OK, well, you're not really taking personal responsibility. Then at that point, you're letting this other person, the person of authority, take all the responsibility. And you see that a lot of the time, especially, you know, when you look at like Hitler as a good example. People were like, OK, I'm just going to blindly follow this dude. And a lot of them did it out of fear. But at the same time, none of them really wanted to take full blown personal responsibility for what was taking place around them. They just said, "Oh well, this person is telling me what to do, so I must ha- I have to do it." It's a lot like religion.
1: Right? Well, I also I also think that it's also the, the structure of hierarchy that we as mammalian species do. Uh, you know, when right. we we're we we're watching that there was Biology, an, there was another you know. do- documentary that we were watching called A Monkey Thieves. What I thought I thought mm-hmm. was really really good. It was these monkeys that live in India and they live in the streets. Of India, but it shows their animalistic behavior, even though they're in, you know, even though they're in these streets. But when we look at social structures of our closest relatives, which are, you know, monkeys and chimpanzees, you know, they have hierarchical hierarchy figures and like, you know, male dominant figures that are alpha male figures that are out there. And so there's these structures to where we do follow because we need order these higher Authority. So we assume a lot of times that when someone's in a position of authority, that they automatically are qualified to give us the information that we trust to do that. Okay. There's also a fallacy to that, the authority fallacy that we think because somebody has an authority that it automatically makes it true. And I, I, one of the problems with that one, I always debate people with is there's a lot of times that there's people that believe in pseudoscience or religion or something else where they bring a, an authority figure in a perceived authority figure. And they think, Oh, well that's credible because that authority said that that was correct. And there's actually a fallacy in always thinking that the authority is always correct, mm-hmm. you know, and to thinking that just because somebody's in a position of authority that they actually know what it is they're talking about or that it's beneficial or that it's moral. And the, that's the other reason why to me going back to, you know obedience to authority. When we look at religion, that's one of the biggest things that why I question that. You know I I don't believe in God anymore, or at least there's no evidence for me to believe in the gods that have been you know talked about. But this is an obedience to an authority figure that nobody, most people don't want to question. They don't really want to question. You know this this you know this perceived. Uh, authority figure that, t- that tells people what to do. And to me, I feel like even if God was real, okay, even if there really was this God, why do we think that he's qualified to be an authority figure based off of the things he does? I mean, when we go back to morality and we talk about morality, there's things that God did in the Bible, at least in the story of the Bible Or even in the Quran, that is very immoral that you wouldn't normally do. So why would you blindly follow an authority figure? Why would you just obey somebody because they claim that they're a god? Because why? Are you afraid? Is it because you think that you just should follow blindly to an authority figure? But why? Just because he's an authority?
0: Mm -hmm. I think in society, that's what we're taught. We're taught that from a very young age that whoever's in, you know, whoever's raising us is our authority figure. So we're taught to follow them. And then when we go to school, we're taught to follow the authority figure of our teacher or the principal or, you know, just the people that are older. If you think about it, that's ingrained in us from the time that we're born. Basically, we are taught to follow, you know, people that we look up to things, things like that. Anybody that's in our family, we're told that, oh, they are a person of authority. So you automatically have to listen to them. And and it's the ones, you know, I I guess I I was pretty lucky because my mom always told me that I should question everything and I should question everyone. I shouldn't just blindly follow people. You know, it got me in trouble, (laughs) especially if
1: they are authority figures that actually aren't qualified to be authority figures. And Right. A lot of times we just do that. We're like, OK, I'm going to just blindly follow this person because they think they know what the fuck it is they're talking about. And mm-hmm. oftentimes, you know, some of these people don't. It's not that we don't need to listen to some forms of authority. There are people that are qualified to be authority on some things like climate change. Scientists are actually an authority on climate change. OK, not Bill O'Reilly and all these other fucking weirdos out there. who But that's because
0: they've proven themselves to have science to back them up. Right, but but to but, back it up.
1: but then there's all these people that are like, oh, I'm not gonna follow you know this person because it's a conspiracy that you know why follow the money bullshit or it's a conspiracy of the new world order. It's like. Well, what makes you an authority on the fucking subject? You know, why do you think that you're an authority that you know anything better that you can, you know, present? Like, even the authority fallacy, some people could say, well, isn't science an authority? Mm-hmm. Well, but technically it's not. It's about what you can demonstrate to be true. There is no central figure in science as an authority. It's whatever information is to be presented to be true. Right. Okay. And the authority within that self is basically who could demonstrate their, their, um, experimentation and to show what it's been qualified to do it. It doesn't matter what you want to think, what you want to believe. It matters what you can prove. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not just because you're an authority because you could, you could easily get your yourself uh, debunked or challenged or, you know, refuted if you don't have the proper evidence for it. But people will just blindly follow these other authority figures or these gurus or these like, you know, um,
0: well, I think it's easier for them when you think about it. It's, it's much easier for people to have someone lay out a path for them to follow. It, that's much easier than going at it alone, you know? I mean, when you think about it that way, that's really why they're doing it, is Is it's not so much that they don't want to do work because they're willing to put some sort of work into whatever it is that they're trying to do, but they still want someone else to tell them what to do. That's why there's so many, you know, self-help books. The self-help industry is booming because all these authors or gurus or, you know, people of people of authority in particular places are laying out, Hey, you, here's 10 steps to a better life. Here's seven different ways to meditate. Here's, here's how easy it is.
1: But what makes them authorities on it? That's what I don't ever get. It's like,
0: oh all kinds of stuff yeah but stuff. it's
1: it, but when you really look at it they're they're not an authority figure i mean it, i mean authorities are the subjective when it comes to self help gurus but you know i would rather be qualifying experience and saying that like what can you demonstrate to actually be true what has been tested what's mm-hmm. been true or what can be something that could be shown enough of it to be true you know, a lot of people claim it's like social media experts. Everyone thinks they're a fucking social media expert these days. You know, well, like if
0: you're on Facebook and you're on Instagram and you're on Twitter and you're on all the all the social media platforms, why can't we all be social media experts?
1: Right. But I mean, and I'm not saying there isn't some, but it's like everybody like thinks they're an authority figure for some things. It's just mm-hmm. whether you can demonstrate it to be true. But I'm more concerned about authorities that don't like to be questioned and a lot yeah, of times yeah. we look at situations like look like look at the middle east right all those revolutions that happened in the Middle East based off of authority figures who wanted to just hold on to power mm-hmm. that just wanted to hold on to the, to the social structure and the way that it was. And you know, that's an interesting point too, because even in that documentary on the monkey thieves, one of the things I, I started to uh, realize, like, it's funny, they, they named the monkeys in the, in the narrative, you know, it's almost like a reality show, but with monkeys, but it's very, very educational. I love it. It's a, it's a great thing. Um, but there was this one monkey that wanted to challenge the the um one of the alpha males that was in power at that time, and you could tell once the societal structure of those monkeys were starting to break down and they were starting to starve and they were starting to not have their needs met, that they were going to start looking to this new monkey to overthrow this 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 leader, and I, unfortunately at that time at least as far as we've seen it, you know he wasn't able to do it because luckily the other guy stayed in power, but we look at that in society. Now when we look at revolutions, you know, we look at certain types of authority and we say, these people are no longer qualified to be in an authority and we need to get rid of them. And But oftentimes these people want to hold on to power because they think, no, I am the authority and you don't know any better. And they feel that it's a threat. And I think that's what makes it a very, a big catastrophe when it comes to, you know, social structures, when it comes to economics, obviously, you know, we were just talking about what you were learning in school the other day about third world poverty, you know, when it came to like Zimbabwe and like, why are these countries still poor? They still have these authority figures Mm -hmm. that are corrupt, that are greedy, that, you know we send money to them but the government is corrupt and takes it over and never gets to the people mm-hmm. and this is the problem with authority figures i mean not that we don't need authority but it's also a problem in society so
0: yeah i mean to the to that end regarding africa or zimbabwe um the gentleman that's been in authority there for the last 35 years robert mugabe actually was a freedom fighter that's how he started. He started out wanting to liberate this country and wanting to bring in, you know, prosperity and health care. And he was, you know, raised the country to eighty five percent literacy. And then all of a sudden, he got this weird like power trip and had to hold on to power. and his way was the only way. And next thing you know, somebody challenged him, well, what did he use was violence to stop them and prevent them. And then he was bulldozing houses. And then he was, you know, there was refugees fleeing into South Africa because of his reign of terror, basically. You know, he's been a dictator in that country for 35 years. And slowly but surely people are now taking notice of that country and saying, okay, how can we actually help them? Because really what I'm learning It's my in my global controversies class is how these countries actually need to do this from within that. Yes, it's great that, uh, you know, people are are sending in aid, whether it's military aid or financial aid or, you know, healthcare aid, things like that. It's great that other countries want to assist. But these countries have to find a way to do it from within. They really do in in order to survive and make it. So I think that it's kind of like that when you look at even just cults and things like that, if you don't want to listen to the to the leader anymore, then from within, you need to come together and kind of overthrow that.
1: I think the problem with that, though, too, is what do you replace it with? Because I've tend to notice with yeah. a lot of revolutionaries in the world and even different aspects of revolutionary thinking that sometimes when you they overthrow whatever systems they are. They become just as bad as the monsters that that do that. I'm not saying they become exactly like them, but some of them do. But it's kind of funny because, like, you have this, like, <clears throat> I think of the Middle East right now and, you know, what's going on with Assad and ISIS and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you know, America wants to take out Assad. And, you know, what do we replace him with? What's What's going to be a better structure? I mean, when we pulled out of Iraq that, you know, I, you know, I don't think we should be there, but at the same time, like there was no real social structure of authority that really was able, capable of governing. And when you don't have that, what's funny about that is I also think about it revolutionary wise. When I think of like, you know, certain revolutionaries taking over, it even happened. I always bring this up too. like with, I, I mean, this is just my own personal opinion, honestly. Um, it's like George Lucas in the film industry to me. He wanted to be very much independent and on his own him and Francis Ford Coppola, you know, Uh, And it seemed like he became just as much as a big of a giant of of the corporations uh, you know, as the film, you Mm -hmm. know, film corporations, anybody else. And same with Steve Jobs. Like, I love Steve Jobs, but he was supposed to be like this anti, you know, IBM was the big enemy. Why is it got to be this way? But then he became the same thing. And it's always weird that there's this power trip when it comes to especially males, this Mm -hmm. this thing like we want to be revolutionary, but then we become the same monsters that we take over before.
0: But do you think that's because it becomes more of a dictatorship versus a democracy? Because when you when you look at it, when you look at the structure of these things, it it, it's almost like, okay, well, you're trying to overthrow a dictator. Right. And then you end up becoming that same dictator rather than instilling an actual democracy where There's a two party system And or a three party system Depending on what you want to do You know and people can I know it takes longer that's the hardest Part is that it takes longer when you have a Democratic system it takes longer to get Things done versus if you're a dictator you Just get to wave your your wand And say well I want that and then
1: Well they do try to implement democracies But even then they become corrupt Or you know I mean there's there's situations Where a dictator gets into power They try to put a a Democrat democratic system in there, but it's still corrupt. The votes don't, don't get counted or they do some sort of loophole. And, you know, I think the thing is, is that we get addicted to power and we don't want to lose it. So even if we overthrow somebody else, mm-hmm. we're now in power and somebody wants to take it from us. And we, and I saw that in the monkey documentary, you know, yeah. like where You know, people are always vying for that position of authority. They're trying to Mm -hmm. vie for that. You know, and I think that's also a problem in society when it comes to us as male. Sometimes I'm not saying it always needs to be. I think competition's good. I think that, like, you know, the ability to compete can be a good thing. But then when it becomes, sometimes it could be very dangerous, and we be and we become, you know, very narrow minded in our thinking and our ability to critically solve problems when we don't, you know, think about the consequences of us trying to you know, be better than somebody else or try to overtake somebody else or try to dominate somebody else, especially for narcissistic people that are just don't even give a shit. And there's a lot of people in corporations that don't give a fucking shit that just worked their way up the fucking ladder, who hell or high water. And they just fucking do whatever they can to become that authority figure. Mm-hmm. And then they lose touch with reality. They lose touch with where they came from. I mean, it's just a classic. It's a classic fuck. It's almost like a Greek. Um what is that mythology? Yeah, like Greek mythology or what is it back in the days when it's a tragedy like that Whatever.
0: Oh, Greek tragedy. Uh,
1: right. Yeah. Where, you know, it's like, it's like this tale we tell over and over. You see it in the movies all the time. You know, somebody gets power, then they change. It's like Lord of the Rings. You know, it's like this, <laughs> right. this one fucking dude just needs to get this fucking ring somewhere. And, but you could tell that power started to get to him every time yeah. he tried to put it on. And yeah. I think that's a, a very significant part of ourselves and our mythology mm-hmm. is this need for power and how we deal with actual power and how we delegate power and delegate authority and how we use that power and authority to either do good or, you know, to.
0: That leads me into, um, you know, something that our friend Tiff asked about why people like what they like, like what makes people want the things that they want or like the things that they want. And I feel like, a lot of the times, that's what corporations capitalize on as coming through as this authority figure and saying, "This is the best thing for you. We have the bet, like Coke. You know, we're the ones that that bring you the most joy, and you know, we bring your family together. And so it becomes this, like, oh, I must follow, I must follow this, or I must follow this TV show over here because." well, all my friends are following this TV show and it looks like it's the newest, greatest thing, so I, I have to follow that. I think that people don't ever actually stop and say, why do I like this? They really don't.
1: Do they like it because they actually like it or do I they like they it like because it. they made condition conditioned and marketed yeah, too? Yep. Because and, and and I do want to bring that up and we want to start actually addressing some of the our listeners' questions and stuff. And one of the things, the reason why we brought this entire podcast um, idea of the obedience to authority real quick was because our friend Tiffany Tomkinson was on our Facebook group page, um, which you could check out in the links. She basically, you know, sent me the um, link to this movie, The Experimenter, which we can see on iTunes, which I really want to see. So I was like, this would be a great topic. But the, one of the questions she did ask, like you said, is why do we like what we like? Well, here's the thing. I think some of it has to do with our culture, the people that we're around, obviously. Right. But I don't think people, I know a lot of people are aware of this, but a lot of people aren't aware of how much they're being marketed to on a constant basis, especially now with social media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, like studying marketing and studying, you know, having a business and having to like market people and creating, you know, videos with my production company for companies and businesses, you're always trying to figure out how do I persuade somebody's Mind, how do you make them think in a certain way so you think that you know? I mean, everything we're doing, even with social media, I mean, even this podcast is a way of doing that. You know, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, it's all us sending these messages out, and, and now it's about like all the likes and how many shares and how many whatever. You know, and I'm still pretty, I guess you would say, I'm pretty new at the social media stuff and really starting to do this. I've you know, I've only been doing it for what, a couple of years. I mean, my podcast is only a couple, you know, this is my ninth episode. So at the beginning, most of us, when we're starting to do this kind of stuff, we don't have a lot of likes, we don't have a lot of shares, and we think, oh, that guy's got a million shares and a million likes, but they started from somewhere. Mm -hmm. But we think because they do, that all of a sudden they're an authority. All of a sudden they know what they're talking about. When Deepak Chopra shares something, or like Oprah Winfrey with this whole Believe series that she's doing, which I still haven't seen, but I, I really, I'm going to watch it because, you know, our film is about belief and I'm going to watch this movie very carefully because I want to debunk a lot of the shit she says in it. So Stop you just, digressing. Okay, I don't mean to digress. <laughs> Point being is we have this weird authority figure now when it comes to... Our social media and how we're being marketed to and and how we're using emotions and, and using cult like behavior to bring people into our ideas and our companies and our organizations like Starbucks is a perfect example. You know, it's just fucking coffee.
0: But, but it's not. But you
1: can't say it is. And that, but even Starbucks says it's not about the coffee. It's about no. the people. It's about yeah. the environment. And you're constantly being marketed to to make you think in certain ways. And if you're not educated enough, if you're not able to critically think enough, you can easily get caught in these group thing mentalities and be like,
0: well, Apple. I mean, come on. Apple's a cult.
1: Okay, I I am part I am part of the Apple cult. Okay. I admit it. I, I I I'm I'm a devoted Apple fan. I got every fucking app like my house is an it should just be an iHome home because everything I have is fucking Apple, okay? I am part of the Apple cult. I, I, I know why, I don't know why at the same time, but fuck <laughs> it. I'm just as guilty. I am an Apple cult member, okay? I will well, fucking.
0: Okay, you're the Apple cult member. I'm the Star Wars cult member. Like, okay,
1: wait, I'm... wait, wait, wait. To be fair, before we go into that, okay. I'm also aware that Apple does some fucked up shit. I
0: know.
1: Okay, and if you, there's a really great um, uh, documentary again by Alex Gibney that, that it's about Steve Jobs. And what I really like about Alex Gibney as a filmmaker, he's one of my favorite directors actually. As he tells both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. And so I'm aware of all the shit they do in China and un- unsafe practices and stuff. And But I think these companies need to be held accountable for their authority. We need to question them. And Apple, if you're fucking listening, get your fucking shit together, bro. Because you, you guys need to do better at fucking treating your fucking employees in China better, being having safer standard practices out there. Just because there's some of us that like your products and think that you're outside of the box doesn't give you a fucking free pass either, motherfucker. Okay, so... Just just to be aware that just because we like certain things doesn't mean we shouldn't speak out against it. And I wish mm-hmm. more people would. You know, I wish more religious people would speak out against religion. I wish more people in politics would speak out, speak out against their own parties, you know.
0: Right. I agree. I forgot what I was going to say now.
1: Oh, sorry. We're talking about.
0: <laughs> you went off. You went off. Oh, I started talking about Star Wars. I was I was bringing up because you were part of the Apple cult. And then I I'm Star Wars Everything Star Wars is, I I can't help myself that when I go to the grocery store now, I have to. It's a compulsion. Buy the coffee creamer that is shaped like R two D two. I mean, not shaped, but has R two D two on the fucking cover of it. That is sick to me That's every George time. George Lucas
1: is cold. It's,
0: it's terrible. At literally, like every time, and it's so bad that now my coworkers are like, everything Star Wars is Mesa. You know, like they constantly they're like, oh, here's a new thing. Here's a new thing. Here's a new thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys are feeding my addiction. It's insane to me how much I am enthralled by this. And you know why? I know exactly why. It reminds me of being a little kid. It it activates this center in my brain that makes me so happy and takes me back to being that little kid and I get that same giddy feeling, and so I wanna keep it going. And I think a lot of the reason is is that's why we get attracted to the things that we like.
1: Right. It
0: creates some sort of response in us, so.
1: Well, I mean, that is, I mean, I think when we, okay, and going back to Tiffany's question real quick, cause I wanna actually get into Rebecca's question for the same thing. Um. I think that when we like something, it has to do with, first off, I think the, the basic necessities of why we like things, like for example, why we like certain foods and why we like certain um, clothes or certain things is cultural. It's marketing and stuff. But some of it, I think started off as a survival mechanism. Like the reason why we like food is because we had to eat it. The reason why we like sex is because we had to procreate. You know, the reason why we like certain things is because we had to like some things. And I think that now we've made these extensions, like these Uber sensations of things like this over sensationalize of something. And I, I and I, and the reason why I say that is because I think there was a, a thing I think I saw with Dr. Ramachandran who was talking about um, he's a neuro neurobiologist, I believe neuroscientist. neuroscientist and he was talking about like art mm-hmm. and I love art. I love, I love the, the ability to be able to express yourself through art, whether it's music, film and you know um, painting, whatever. But the point I'm trying to get at is, is that art is actually kind of a hyper realization of reality mm-hmm. it's a it's it, and they did this test where they showed these like little infant birds okay they had a mom that had a beak that had a red red stripe on her beak and so when they took away the mom and they put this stick in there that had a red stripe they reacted the same way as they did to their mom and then when they put three stripes on there they reacted even more and i think art and those types of art forms, why we like, you know, visual stuff and music and stuff is just a hyperextension of reality of things that we like. And I think that's why we do like things. I think certain foods we like are hyperextensions of the foods that we needed that were necessary or the clothes The clothes was a representation of a hyperextension of our, you know, mm-hmm. who we are. Like some of us dress the way we feel. We drive cars sometimes the way that we feel or, you know, we we listen to music about how we feel or act or want to be or whatever else. So... I think sometimes it's it's our self-identification. Like how many times you listen to a song and you're like, man, I really love this song, but why do you love it? It could be, I mean, it could be the music. It could be the beat. It could be, you know, the way Usually it's played, it's but, story. but it is the story you relate to. It could be about mm-hmm. you. And it's funny because you think that song's more about, you than even the artist you listen to, right mm-hmm. It's like that like, like oh that's a, that's a soundtrack from my life, but you don't get that 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 artist was the one that actually wrote it, and it's almost like you took it to be your story mm-hmm. and same, same with films, you know there's a lot of things you see in those characters, even though we all know that it's just acting. so I think that's why we like certain things which I think brings me to my, uh, to the next question where, um, we have a friend, uh, Rebecca Bachmeyer. She asked a question where, um, why do we like the people we like, you know, why do we, why do we connect to certain types of people? And I think it's the same thing. You know, we're social creatures, you know, we have to survive within groups. And a long time ago, we had to learn to get along with each other in order for us to survive. So we're more likely to find people that are like us, that are going to be much more like the way we think, like the way we act, Um, we're going to gravitate more towards those type of people because back then it was probably a survival mechanism, you know? And now I think it's just, you know, we don't like a lot of conflict. We don't like a lot of discomfort. So we're going to find people that we like, which is also very difficult because when we don't like somebody, we have to learn to get along with them. And it doesn't mean that the person has to be like exactly like you. I mean, there's a lot of people we know that are opposites of us that we still like. There's obviously some other commonality that's there or something else that you can, um, compromise in order for to make, make it to work. But I think the reason why is because we are social creatures for survival, that we had to identify people that we could work with, that we wanted to be around, that we enjoy being around, that think the same way that we think. Because everything else causes a form of discomfort and there's a cognitive dissonance in our head that tells us like, this is uncomfortable, I don't like this, I don't like being around people. Like me, I'm not much of a people person, I'm just not, you know, I try to be, but I'll just be honest, I'm not a people person, I'm very com- uncomfortable around people I don't know, I don't like being around lots of people. Um, but when I around people that I love learning stuff from, or I, I enjoy listening to them talking, or like I learned something from them, like, I love it. I love being around those types of people that that are engaging or whatever, you know, but if you're not one of those fucking people to me, sorry, don't, I mean, I don't mean to be a fucking asshole, but I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like, I, I mean, I could pretend for so long to pretend like I give a fuck and I like you, but you know, but that's just, that's just because socially that's how we are, you know, we're just, just, that's, that's the way we are, but we have to learn to kind of get along with each other. And I think that has to do with our ability to be able to work together to survive and find meaning and find structure in our lives. So,
0: well, I think that, you know, to her, to her point, um, what she, what she was also asking was how is it possible that some people are far closer than others you know like what is it that makes us I know what makes us want to come together is you know basic like that tribal necessity but sometimes I think that there are bonds that are formed like with us you know when we were visiting with them it was like we became this little family Mm -hmm. you know over the course of just a very short amount of time being together and you know, it's the same way when we're with Tiffany and Warren. And it's, you know, it's a just this rare thing that... For our
1: happens. listeners, because we have the best listeners in the world. I know we're <laughs> a small group right now, but I'm telling you. Anyone listen to the pod, this podcast, I promise you, you're probably fucking more intelligent you'll, than a lot of other people. I promise. Be, you'll
0: be inducted into our little family. We'll you're going to be our, inducted we'll, into we'll our, little our little cult. cult. <laughs> we're going to become our own cult. I,
1: but, I have to make a disclaimer that I'm the Antichrist and I'm trying to overthrow religion. It. So. that's what that's what people say I'm the antichrist people
0: don't say that you say that about yourself those
1: are the voices in my head telling me I'm the antichrist (laughs) and I'm supposed to overthrow religion in order to let Satan come here and take over his fucking planet and then I'll kick Satan's ass too no I don't believe any of that I'm just being facetious because people I guarantee people are going to say that but go ahead
0: I don't believe in that shit basically what what I was talking about was what causes some of us to be far closer than others You know, like what is it that we find in our little soul tribes, you know, um, that that creates these long lasting bonds, you know? And I know that it's like the more you put yourself out there and the more you find in common with these other people, those are the things that really is like the glue that kind of holds you together. And then you start to form a history with each other the longer time goes on. So that's an even stronger glue. You know, I think... And you look like you want to say something.
1: (laughs) No, I was just going to say Xanax helps.
0: What? What What does Xanax have to do with... uh, Are you drunk? Are you tired? (laughs) What's going on? I'm just... (laughs) Where did Xanax come from?
1: I think the reason why that we find... Connections is the same thing of what I said, though. I think it's the same thing. I think we, we the Fit. more you have things in common, the more probably closer you're going to be to that person, the more relatable, or maybe the less conflicts you're going to have. So it feels much more natural, feels much more easier mm-hmm. to do, especially when you have a lot of commonality. It doesn't mean you're going to have everything in common, and no one's ever no, going to. Right, and right. I think I would maybe be boring after a while. I mean, unless everyone was like me, that would be totally fucking. Actually, that'd be very scary. I'd be very afraid. I always tell people I don't want people to be like me because, like, I would not want to deal with someone like me if I wasn't me. So I think
0: everyone should be like me.
1: Yeah, That's go ahead.
0: I think. I think everyone should be like me. Right, I'm
1: amazing.
0: Yeah. Okay, no, I don't believe that. I don't think everyone
1: should. Well, you are like amazing, me. but no one should be like anybody else. No. Everyone should be them, and we know that. But I think the reason why we identify with certain types of people. Is, is for that reason is that I think there's, when you have more in common, there's less conflict and the less conflict is, the more mm-hmm. at peace you are. And that actually goes back to even what we were saying about like the whole thing with the third world countries and revolutions. Like mm-hmm. I think the less conflict that you have, the more you can learn to live with people, the, the more prosperous and peaceful your societies can be. And there'll be more connections because I'll tell you what, I feel and a lot of people have said this lately that we are more disconnected than we've ever been even though we have all these devices all this electronic shit for us mm-hmm. to talk to each other but we're more disconnected but then I'm like but why like are we all just hiding behind our electronic devices because we're afraid to engage people are we just sick of people's shit because I know I get well, sick of people's fucking shit no, I, I, I think, mean I'm just being honest
0: I think what we do with all of our social media and, and all of that attached to all of our devices we give these little snapshots Right, So all these people are actually passing judgment on little tiny blips in a person's day. And they automatically look at it and go, well, no, now I know that person and that's exactly how they are. And they're that way all the time. And that's what their life is like. And then they start and then they start comparing like that's the worst thing that I think the social media revolution has brought about is this whole everyone's need to compare themselves to everyone else. How often do you scroll through Facebook and you see a status and say, oh, my God, my life is not like theirs. I suck or 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 you look at it and you say, oh, my God, they are full of shit.
1: Right. And there's a lot of drama queens on Facebook and everything else. And I'm sure some of us think that we're drama fucking queens, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you're getting only a snapshot in somebody; You're not getting the whole picture. And that's what I try to tell people too, that I'm like, look, dude, if you're going to judge me based off of what you see on my Facebook and my Instagram, that's only 1% of my fucking life. You know, my life is never as good as you think it is. And it's never as bad as it could be. You know, it's like, I mean, my, I, you know, I'm not saying my life is bad, but I'm just saying that I'm sure there's times that people see, like we were talking about in the last uh, one of the episodes with relationships, like, Oh, you guys look like you're always happy with each other. And it's like, I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Take a picture when we're fucking arguing with each other? (laughs) Like, should I fucking like post like when me and her fucking yelling at each other?
0: Can we record it? And, oh, let's record and
1: pissed, it. And pissed, and pissed, but that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, why the fuck am I going to post when it's fucked up? But at least I talk about it and I admit it. And just to say, look, we're just human beings. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I, I want to post the best I can about it. But I also want to be as real as I can, too. Like when I post shit, you know, I'm not saying everybody fucking has to like it. But, I, you know, that's what I want to fucking talk about. And if that's what you want to talk about on your shit, then you talk about that on your shit. You know what I mean? But, right. uh, you know, I think we get into this like weird dichotomy of like, oh, you know, I, I have to like fucking like agree with what everyone's saying I got to fucking like what everyone's saying and this person looks like they're doing so much better than me and I'm the type of person I compare myself to people too I'm like oh man this person is much more successful than me this person's got more money than me this person's got this but where is it getting me where's it getting anybody else there's no reason to do it in the end and it's hard it's hard when you're constantly being berated with okay this is this is this is someone else's life but we don't really know what that person's life is we really don't know and even going back to the whole authority thing because I don't want to digress too much I know we're talking about, you know, um, listener questions, which we're trying to do it more towards the end of our podcast now is taking listener questions, which if you go to our Facebook group, you can actually put those in, um, Oh wow! I just totally lost my fucking train of thought.
0: Well, you were going to talk about authority. You were trying to take it back. Oh, that authority.
1: even certain authority figures will make you think mm-hmm. that their lives are good, or politicians are really fucking good at that, like oh, playing this yeah. spin game. Like, oh look what look at I'm this person. I'm this. I'm th-. and for you know thousands of years, we really didn't know that these authority figures were fucked up and nope. whatever else. And now we're starting to just like we're just now learning how fucked up Christopher Columbus is. For fuck's sake, so. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be kind of careful what you're reading on the internet. Obviously I'm sure you hear that a lot, but even what you think about other people may not even be correct about what they're doing and what they're posting online. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't make the assumptions that you know about someone's entire fucking life, you know, and, and, and it, it goes back to authority too, just because an authority figure tells you something or posts something or post pictures like Donald Trump has a bunch of social media. Um, it's all propaganda. Sometimes that people want you to th- <coughs> think what they want you to think about it. And, yeah. You got to be smart enough to fucking question it and, you know, yeah. so, but anyways, thank you guys for the, uh, for the, for the listener responses and stuff, uh, you know, off our Facebook group. And if you like, you know, you can, you can send us some of your questions on, at uh, reality tripper on Twitter. Like if you just want to hit us up there, ask some questions or comments, we'll, we'll try to bring some on the show. And I think we also, I'm going to also we're gonna try to do because what we do this bi weekly right now. It's it's usually mm-hmm. the first and third. We wanna eventually start doing it every week. We might do it once we start getting, you know, either more listeners or more traction on it. But I think we're gonna start trying to do it live. I'm trying to set up my you know, my home studio to do live video live video see our
0: faces
1: like maybe that's not a great thing because I'm fucking very you know but I figure for people that want to watch it on YouTube live or want to you know I know because I'm a visual person dude I I know I I love watching stuff I mean I got into doing what I'm doing because I love documentary I love video production
0: they just have to forgive me because I'll probably be in my pajamas
1: (laughs) right but we're getting ready to set that up and 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 probably do that in the the next uh, probably on our next episode and then eventually I think we might start going to weekly episodes but if there's any like listener feedback that you'd like to have like you know if you're listening to this follow us at realitytripper.com or you can go to my website benfama and find all, you know all the links to me and and to uh, i'll put yours up too in fact when we have the live video feed we'll show that but um mm-hmm. but if you got any comments or questions about the authority stuff that we're talking about is anything else you want to talk about when it comes to authority like fuck authority
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, always question. Don't ever just blindly obey. Always question, especially if you get that like little nagging feeling that something's not right. Follow that and question always, always, always question everything.
1: Well, and I think the reason why it's important is I, okay, here's, here's the one thing I definitely want people to at least try to challenge whenever you're within a group, okay. In a group think, you know, when there's a lot of people in a room and there's a lot of different, you know, voices going on in the room. I don't mean voices, but a lot of just people talking or a lot of just ideas going around. Always be aware that the group can outthink you. Mm-hmm. and that you need to be an individual and sometimes you need to think against that even if every person in that room is thinking one way if you know that's not the right thing to do you need to be aware of it it's very hard even i mean even when you're aware that you know this sometimes it's really difficult now there's a time and place i know there's some things that like you may not be able to and that's understandable there's times where even in the group you should not say something because it could actually harm you oh yeah like that's how serious it could get but what I'm trying to say is that there's a lot of times where maybe you should speak up and you should say something and, but look how hard it is to question authority when that happened. Look at Edward Snowden for Christ's sakes. Okay. Like when you're like the guy who's trying to outthink the authority, look what the authority will do to get you to shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. So, and look how much demonizing people have when it comes to like whistleblowers and like people that speak out. So it's not that it's always an easy thing, but in the end it's worth it when it, when you know that the authority is being wrong. And, and you should like learn to be brave enough to, to, do that, or at least to think on your own and not let it influence you to the point where, you know, uh, the ash experiment, actually, we didn't even talk about that oh, yeah. was really good about doing that. Like yeah. the ash experiment was basically real quick is just, they, I'm sure most of you guys have heard this experiment. It's basically it took, you know, like a couple people, it was like a group of like five people, six people, whatever. But, um, basically it was actually just one person being experimented on, but the rest of the people were. Actually, actors in the in the in the subject, but basically the test was there was these lines that were showed. There was line A, line B, and line C, and they're all different sizes. Like A might be a small line, B might be a big line, C might be a medium medium line, okay. whatever, right? And the presenter would ask this group of people which is the tallest line, which has the longest line, right? Now maybe the observation was B really was long. Like if you looked at it, you could clearly see that it was B. But what happened was that when they asked all the people and they asked all the actors, they told all the actors to say the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And they would all say like C, like C, C, C. And then you get to the final person who actually doesn't realize he's part of this experiment. And even though he knows he can clearly see that it's B, he would pick C. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even though he knew he still went with what the group said, but it's the same thing in that authority that authority thing for you to think on your own, that maybe you could be the one that's right. Even though the entire group said that, you know, and even though everyone else had said that, even though the authority had said that to think about, you could have actually been the right person to actually do that. I mean, imagine if somebody did that during the Iraq war, when all these people had their guns blazing and like the drums were beating. Cause I'll tell you what, I was one of those people that was like, Oh yeah, there's weapons of mass destruction. I believed that there was weapons of mass destruction until there was enough people that spoke out against it, yeah. you know? And that's what made me change my mind and get into this, like, you know, questioning of everything because I was the type of person I, you know, I was like, oh yeah, George Bush, he knows, he's the president. Why would, he, why would he just say that there's weapons of mass destruction when there's not? You know, And I, I just was blindly following. I mean, that was years ago, but that's what made me start to question. I was like, wow, like, the people that are in authority and, and, and the people that think they know what the fuck they're talking about sometimes don't. And sometimes we need to speak out against them.
0: Right, and now don't get me wrong also, that can also lead you down the conspiracy theory trap. Is when you like when you have the people that just question without rationality and just question and question and question and they're like, no, I don't believe anybody. And I don't believe that anybody says you have to have discernment when you're talking about, you know, whether something is, is should be questioned or not. Like literally, like just because it's an authority figure doesn't mean it always needs to be this big bad oh they don't know what they're talking about so i therefore i must question it's okay to question and say well why is it that way you know there's nothing wrong with that but when you say no you're automatically you're an authority figure i automatically don't trust you and i'm just going to question it and i don't care what you say and you can't do anything to change my mind like those types of conspiracy theory people that's dangerous yeah
1: cuz you when just want to believe what you want to believe right, you don't really want to know right you have no know.
0: critical thinking but at there's that people point.
1: that'll do that like you see these conspiracy f- Fucking crazy heads out there that like come up with the most craziest fucking things, and they think they're skeptics by oh I'm questioning it. You know, you just believe the normal. Like there's this, you know the 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 one I just saw recently is ridiculous. I think it was I was watching uh, the armor skeptic on YouTube, and he was he was debunking the the guy who wanted to do. Uh, The guy who still thinks the world is flat and he's like, oh, all you people that believe the authority of NASA and you believe the authority of scientists that are too stupid to understand the world is still flat. I'm like, really, dude? Like that's not what we're meaning by question. Like, it's okay to question it, but go out and do the fucking actual research to go and actually test it and not come up with a dumbass hypothesis because you just want to be correct about it. Like there's one thing to questioning authority, and there's one thing for being a fucking idiot that doesn't want to take the time to go actually learn the fucking facts of things that we do understand about shit and then say, Oh, but you just believe NASA. You just but fucking what the fuck you tell why do I believe you? Where, why should I believe your fucking ass? What makes you even an authority to talk about the fucking shit? I mean, you don't have to be an authority as if you're like an authority figure. What I mean is, is that, are you qualified to even talk about this? Like, where's your evidence? Where's your fucking facts? Where are the things to back up your shit? Not some fucking half-ass fucking anecdotal fucking evidence. Not some fucking stupid pseudo-scientifical evidence to support your fucking bullshit-ass fucking conspiracy theory. You fucking conspiracy theory people drive me fucking apeshit. I'm not gonna fucking lie. You guys drive me the most apeshit Because you guys think that you're skeptics, okay? You guys think you're fucking skeptics, but you don't do actual real skepticism. You don't actually know how to question things. You don't know how to actually challenge what it is you even believe to find out whether or not it is your saying that's correct. And you fucking people are not actual real skeptics. And that's why I get pissed off because a true skeptic will be open-minded to new evidence and change their mind. Anything I'm saying right now, I'm willing to change my mind about. But these asshole conspiracy theorists, they just sit there and want to be like they don't even try to falsify why they could be wrong. They don't even want to understand why they could actually be wrong about it. I will even listen to a conspiracy theorist just to make sure I fucking understand the facts. Okay, I'll listen to both sides. I do. I fucking watch YouTube videos. I I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of articles. I lead. I, I do a lot of research. I talk to scientists. I talk to a lot of people, and. Your shit still doesn't add up with half the fucking bullshit you guys say when it comes to conspiracy theories, period. You can act like it. You can manipulate numbers. You can fucking tweak shit and lie to people and do it all the fuck you want. But you motherfuckers are not real skeptics. You motherfuckers are real, really not scientists. And you're not helping anybody with your bullshit theories and your bullshit fucking, uh, we need to question these authorities. That's not how you fucking question shit, dude. And no one's going to take you fucking seriously the long, you you, you know, no one's going to take you serious if you can't provide actual evidence to back your shit up and not just talking shit on your fucking YouTube page because you think you know what the fuck it is you're talking about. Okay. You're just as bad as an authority figure who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. You deserve to be questioned just as much as any other fucking asshole out there making a goddamn claim about shit he does not understand. And I get tired of these assholes. I get tired of these motherfuckers being pretentious and being assholes and thinking they're doing, you know, something in the name of, you know, of good or think that they understand science when they don't fucking understand it.
0: The thing is, is that anytime somebody brings up a conspiracy theory, who's like, oh, I'm, I'm the skeptic and I'm questioning authority and I'm blah, blah, blah. Okay, so you want to play that game and you want to play the question game. Where is your evidence? Oh, they bring, think they do, but bring, they don't no, have no, no, it. No. If you listen to like, it, they don't they, have it. Right. And and so that's where you have to say, OK, well, show me your show me your backup. Like, where is your backup? And I'm not talking like, oh, I just Googled this shit. And here's yeah. a blog.
1: No, a fucking I'm blogging. Saying, Google is not evidence, motherfucker. No,
0: I'm saying if you want to question authority and you want to question what somebody is doing, that's totally fine. I'm all about that. But you need to bring it with some facts, not just oh, I kind of find out, uh, you know, I feel like this. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to
1: manipulate statistics. I'm going to manipulate no. numbers and I'm going to manipulate the science to make it fit my fucking worldview. OK, now here's the thing. The problem is that gets in the way of actual real conspiracies that happen because there yeah. are real conspiracies yeah. that happen. They don't happen as much as everybody fucking makes it out to be like you fucking non Moon Lander motherfuckers <laughs> and your 9-11 <laughs> truther bullshitters like fuck you people, dude. Dude. Like, there's real conspiracies out there, and you get in the way of people trying to actually understand this shit. Okay. But when somebody actually has clearly debunked your fucking position, when somebody's actually gone and provided evidence to support the position that you're fucking wrong, be a fucking real man, be a real woman, and accept you're fucking wrong. There's nothing wrong with being wrong. But quit pretending like you have something that the rest of us don't fucking understand, or that they're covering us, they're covering our eyes over something, or they're making, or we're blind to seeing shit. Motherfucker, you're the blind motherfucker. Wake the fuck up. Y'all want this conscious awakening on this planet, but none of you motherfuckers want to wake the fuck up, you know? And it's like, wake up, dude, challenge authority. I'm all about it, dude. But understand that maybe you don't know what the fuck it is you're actually talking about. And we're going to be questioning you, motherfucker. So that's, that's my piece (laughs) on that. That's.
0: Then so apparently we will end on that nice little rant.
1: Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I hate fucking conspiracy theorists. Just so y'all fucking know, and
0: authority in case you had and authority, noticed. but I, but
1: but there's there's some reasonable authority we have to deal with. I mean, there is. I mean, yes. there there yeah. are times we have to deal with authority in some extent. You know, yeah. where we deal with yeah. cops and we deal with politics. I mean. We got to know when to fight our battles, but we also need to learn to right. speak up when it comes to a group think that's harming people, like you fucking conspiracy theorists harming people. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyways, I'm Ben Fama Jr. Um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, that was our podcast for today. If you got any comments, questions, concerns, you can hit us up on our Facebook page. Um, it's Facebook, I think slash groups slash Reality Tripper. I don't have it off the top of my head yes, right now, I but believe
0: that's what it is. But yeah.
1: I'll put it in the show notes if you're watching this on YouTube or if it's in the podcast, I'll put it in there. Um, but like always, you can always hit us up at Reality Tripper on Twitter and give us your feedback or give us any questions or comments like that. We'd love to hear from you. So, anyways, I'm Ben Farmer Jr. I'm out of here. Mesa?
0: Thanks, guys.
1: All right, peace. You've been listening to Reality Trip with Ben Farmer Jr. Check out more great content by visiting benfarmerjr.com.